is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. Look, creating and building connections has never been more important than now. And Barb and I love bringing our network to you through this podcast. And we recently opened that up to you in more depth through our brand new community, The Great American Syndicate. And this group is about connecting with patriotic Americans who exemplify America's core values and who want to collaborate with one another to strengthen one another personally and professionally. You can find people like Tony Watley in our Great American Syndicate. Tony is known as the Side Hustle Millionaire. He's built more than one multi-million dollar community online, and he's also recently moved into live events of his own. His his own community, 365 Driven, is business-based and packed with people from all levels of success who want to grow professional networks and build their businesses. And in this episode of Monday Rewind, we share snippets from the full interview we did with him back on episode number 129. Tony talks about what it takes to build a community and create your own own version of success. Please enjoy. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Let's start with where you're at now, and then we're going to go back and show how you built up to that and where you're going from here, okay? Tell a little bit about your company. You have a lot going on. You have your podcast, 365 Driven. It's also your company. You're the side hustle millionaire. You know, the book going on. You speak, you coach, but tell people like where you're at now, what you love doing and what you help people do. So people that have just found me in the last two and a half years, they basically have seen what you mentioned, 365 Driven, the brand name. And that was something I launched in June of 2017 really as a way to get away from the corporate world. I left the corporate world about three years ago and there was about a six month period in there. I was kind of going through depression and you know, looking for a job and just feeling the scarcity and all these different things. Because I grew up with two hardworking blue collar parents and to them, like not having a job was like the scariest thing ever, right? And a lot of us are programmed with that as early children. We see our parents get laid off from job and they come home and they're basically like, Tyrannosaurus Rex for the next few months until they find a new job. So we kind of start to relate like this stress and anxiety of not being employed. And I felt that even though I had financially millions around, I, I still felt that feel. And, and it's like, this is kind of crazy. Why am I feeling that way? So I decided I'm not going to look for another job. I'm going to go bet on myself. I've been owning businesses for the last 20 years. So what is it that I wanted to do? How am I going to create more impact in this world? So I said, okay, there's two things I love cars and business. So I think about, okay, so if I can maybe impact thousands of people, I used to think smaller, I used to think I can impact thousands of people by teaching them how to do business because people are always coming to me for advice on how to start businesses, how to scale their companies, how to become better at marketing. And that wasn't what I was doing. I was an oil and gas project manager that owned businesses. So I was just doing those things very well. And so I started to listen to what they kept saying, like, Tony, you should be doing this full time. This is like what you're meant to do. And I, and I do have a lot of energy speaking about business and entrepreneurship. So I said, okay, I'm going to go do that. This is something I actually do have a lot of passion for. Everybody always saw the fancy cars and the things that I've had the last 20 years. So I went out back on my social media and said, like, you guys, thank you for supporting me and like seeing all the fancy cars and the racing and all that thing I do. But I'm going to start teaching you how to get those cars. And I'll tell you, Barb, some of the people pushed back about, I'd say about 5% of the people were like, well, we only follow you because you got cool cars and you know, we, we don't care about all this business mumbo jumbo. And I, I just figured that, hey, you know what? I can't serve those people because yeah. those aren't the people I want to target. So I want to help people who do want to know. And a lot of people who also had fancy cars were like, hey, man, this is awesome, dude. We need more people up there sharing this because 
to be honest, I was not the right person to step in front of that camera or get on a microphone or get on a stage. So it's really the things that people are hearing the way I speak now and the things that you see me on stage and the podcast. That was a concerted effort over the last two and a half years to become a better version of myself to be able to communicate this effectively. Yeah. So I love what you said about the pushback. I think I think that could be one sign that some people take to like, oh my gosh, I they're right. I should stop, right? Like the, some people instantly shut down, like if you're insecure. But it's also a sign that you're doing something that people would love to do, but like it annoys them. Because if they see you doing it, then they know that they have to do it too, right? And so they stop. We got a lot of pushback. I lost a lot of people, you know, like friends mm-hmm. and all this and you know, see air, you, air right? quotes, air yeah, quotes yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Definitely. onward, you know, because you just have to, you have to be willing to lose some people and know that you're going to gain people right into, into that circle. You just have to be able to restructure your circle and understand that everybody has a time and a season in your life. And, you know, I, I teach people to count on it. I think that yeah. a lot of times people don't get started from their business. That's the number one reason that most people do not start something, whether that's a fitness plan or health or, or starting a business or anything like this, or even getting more education to get a better job. Most people are not afraid of failure. They're afraid of what other people will say about their failures. So yeah. that comes back down to the fear of being judged or criticized. That's what it all boils down to. So we have all these people out there that basically dictate your life because you're so worried about them. And you think about it, these people that are going to be critics, they're not going to be at your funeral. They're not going to yeah. be at your deathbed. So we allow these people to dictate our entire lives and limit our growth and our potential with something that we don't even give a shit about these people. So it's like, you got to put these things in perspective, start thinking about what is the potential upside of the thing that you want to create or start versus the downside. I quit thinking about losing because everybody has that same fear, but those who are willing to stand out there and try something new, they're the ones that get the results. And I want always people to think about that. You're going to have critics. You're going to have naysayers. You're going to have haters. Even if you're the best person in this world and you're doing everything from a good intention and you have a great heart and you're very supportive, you will have critics. And it's because you're doing something finally worth noticing. So those people that wear a false badge of honor that say, hey, I have no critics. I I treat everybody right. It's like, you know what? That just means you're obscure. That means you're not doing anything worth noticing. That's a hard truth. It's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's the truth. Because think about this. All of the people who created major impacts in the history of mankind had haters, had critics. Jesus Christ was trying to save the world, had haters, had critics, had murderers. Yeah. Martin Luther King trying to create a movement, very positive, had haters, had critics, had murderers. So you got to think about the people who made the ma- ma- massive impacts in this world. They were trying to do things for good intentions and they still had them. So expect them and also to celebrate when you finally get some, because like you said, Barb, it's finally you're doing something that people notice finally. Yeah. And you know, that that can be harder for some people to to take than others. It it got me down for a little while at first and I got like all negative and like fuck this, you know, like, you know, like the tough. first the first but, year yeah. was tough. Yeah, the first yeah. year was it's tough. It's hard, right? It's hard. But you, but you need to expect it. And that's that's the insight that I wish I would have learned yeah. before I went. So if you're if you're thinking about starting it, I don't want you to go into the fear of the unknown because most people are willing to settle for the crappy lives or the complacent lives or that routine or rut that they're stuck in because they know it. They're familiar with it. So they accept it, even though they dislike it and they don't want to be there, they accept it because it's the known. So the fear of the unknown is what keeps most people from starting something new. And the fear of the unknown also includes that potential criticism or judgment from people that you know. 
But the thing is, is that I want you to know that it's going to happen. That way it becomes not a fear of the unknown. I want you to expect that it's going to happen. So when it does, you're like, oh, there it is. I've actually done Check. something. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it removes it from the unknown yeah. list. It becomes known, like, go get it. Go find those haters. What is one of the moments that you had where you were like, oh man, you had to have had a moment where you're like, I don't know if this is worth it anymore. Or like, I'm tired and I don't want to get up and do what I was going to do today. Or I just like, I'm over this. Like, you know, how do, what was one of those moments and how did you get through it and, I think and that, do it anyway? Yeah, yeah. I love that question because a lot of people, especially when they're posting about things on social media, they always share their success stories. But yeah. the thing is that, yeah, success stories are very inspirational and you can learn things from that. But the thing is, is that failures are probably more valuable lessons. And, and you know, the thing is that people will remember your wins. They'll, win, they'll remember your grand slams. Yeah. And even the best entrepreneurs tend to forget their losses pretty quick and move on. It's like lick your wounds, move on, do something else, regroup. So we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on the negative things. But I'll say that there was only two companies I created that made millions of dollars out of nine potential companies that I started. So think about that is that it's very similar. It's two out of nine. That's less than 30%. And you think about that, even a great analogy is like the hall of fame baseball players, like the best hitters still only bat less than 30%. So the people that are in the hall of fame, major league yeah. baseball bat less than 30%. So when you kind of realize that you're like, Oh, wow. I can actually be a hall of fame entrepreneur and actually still win less than 30%. It's true. We see this really up here in a lot of different walks of life and entrepreneurship. An example would be those who are maybe venture capitalists, the one who spend or invest millions of dollars into startups. These people, I've met a few of them. I've got some of them in my network. They will tell you like, Hey, you know what, Tony, I'll, I'll go and invest $10 million this year in different startups. And I only expect one out of those 10 to actually hit you think about that, they're, they're going in knowing they're going to yeah. lose 90% Nine of their times, money yeah. because yeah. they're betting on one to hit because if that one hits, boom, it like multiplies that investment by tenfold. So you think about that way, like you have to think about failure as a, it's something that I, I wouldn't say to expect it, but also say not to chase failure, obviously, but to right. understand that it's possibility, but you also have to just learn from those things because when you're first getting started, you might lose a thousand dollars. You might lose ten thousand dollars. That's going to be like a drop in the bucket when you when you start thinking about that thing in long term. When you yeah. start getting in those big things and these venture capitalists are losing tens of millions of dollars, those lessons learned when you can lose a thousand dollars, they're valuable. Like I'd rather lose a thousand dollars now and learn that lesson than learn later now and lose lose ten million dollars. Right? Yeah. True. True. The entrepreneurial spirit means more than making money, right? How else does that spirit pop out in your life? And what are the other things that you do? Because there's got to be more things it, that you do. Yeah. It, that you nailed it. So entrepreneurship is always stepping up to the challenge and finding a solution. Most people bring excuses to every solution instead of the answers. And the thing is, is that there are no unique problems in this world. Every, yep. Everything that we suffer from, every challenge, every problem that we face as an individual or as a society has been around for thousands of years. And guess what, guys? Thousands of years of people have solved those problems. The, the solutions exist. So you're like, if I can't dance, what do I do? Go hire someone to teach me how to dance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I, and, and I think the most recent case with me becoming a, a public speaker, I 
there's a funny story. I can, I can share the backstory of that too, but yeah. I found out that I had a fear of public speaking by attending a, th- a thousand person industrial comp, you know, conference for oil and gas. And I, I had an answer for the speaker. He wanted some kind of an idea and I raised my hand and I was sitting near the stage and, and I was kind of started to blurt out the answer. And he's like, hold up, let's get you a microphone so everybody can hear the response. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, first of all, <laughs> he called me first out of several people that raised their hand. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be able to just from the comfort of my own chair sitting at that table, blurt out the answer. But then the person with the microphone was like on the other side of the convention center. And there's a thousand people sitting at these large round tables. So it was a big hall and I'm standing there and I'm starting to feel the body core temperature start to rise. I started feeling the sweaty palms and my throat started to close up. And I was, I was, I started to feel the sweat droplets forming on top of my head because I had a thousand people staring at me waiting for this microphone to show up. And I gave the answer and everybody liked the answer. I cl- they clapped and I sat down. And then for the next five minutes, I was wiping sweat off my face with a napkin thinking, what the hell just happened? Like I've never <laughs> experienced the fear of public speaking like that. I've built massive companies. I've led project teams with 75 people. I've given the pep talks. I've given hundreds of slideshows, but I've never stood in front of a thousand people waiting in anticipation to give a response and having to feel that, that fear. So I realized like, wow, this is like stage fright. This is crazy because at that moment I realized that all of the air quotes public speaking I did was having just an occasional courage to stand in front of people and speak. But the thing is, is we are ignorant until we learn that public speaking has nothing to do with just having the courage to stand in front of people and speak because let's face it, people will get on stage. People will fire up these microphones. They don't have any emotion in their voice, no conviction. No, they they just don't know how to speak properly, but they have an ego thinking like, well, I can stand in front of people and speak. So I'm good at public speaking. I've given a hundred slideshows. I've closed (laughs) sales and I've done these deals and I'm good at public. No, you're not. If you're, if you're telling yourself that, if you're listening to this, if you've never had public speaking training, you are not an effective public speaker. I hate to tell you that because that's the thing I believed in. So I go speak on leadership and these corporate levels. And I always bust people in the ego. It's like, nah, if you never had any training, you actually are not a good public speaker. And I'll tell you why. It's because you're not good at effective message. You say things like, um, and, ah, and, and, and they distract your message. You're not using your conviction in your voice. You're not speaking with emotion. You're not really controlling the pace of how you speak to yeah. gain more engagement from the audience. There's a lot of tactics that public speaking takes. So I joined Toastmasters and I, and I studied and I practiced and I hired a coach and, and I basically did social media videos for a year straight. Like every day I would make videos on Instagram or, you know, basically Facebook videos to get better because it's all public speaking skills. Yep. This microphone, public speaking skills. If you would have interviewed me two years ago, I would have sounded a completely different person. And I want to go, I'll, I'll give you an idea of the listeners of how I probably sound. Cause this is how most dudes speak. I would have been called Mono Tony because this is how, here, here's the old Tony. Thank you, Barb. I, I really appreciate um, this <laughs> opportunity to be on your show. And you know what? Um, it's a great opportunity. And I, I really can't wait to um, share my thoughts with the listeners. And it's going to be so exciting. <laughs> That's how most dudes speak. Yeah, yeah. That's how most dudes speak. It's, it's just... Yes. Even people who think they can stand in front of people and speak, that's how they speak. And they wonder why people get up and go take a piss break while they're standing on stage. Yeah, very true. I love it. That's all like the cold, hard, straight up truth. You got to have it. You got to have it. And I love that you just see something and you're like, oh, no, that's unacceptable. You know, I can't do this. Unacceptable. I got bullshit on that. I'm going to go do that. You know, (laughs) that's 
that is all the entrepreneurial spirit, but it's also, it's like, it's what makes life so much fun, right? You can have fun and you're, you're going to splat, you're in a face plant, you're going to do all that stuff and it's going to suck when it happens. But how much fun is it when you're like, man, that was crazy. And you look back, you're like, Whew, you know, I survived that and onward to the next thing. And I think every time you do face plant or you get up in Toastmasters and you, Toastmasters is a supportive group. They want you to succeed. They've all been there. So that's a super safe, but still challenging place to do it. It's a great blend of feeling that you have to level up to them and you don't want to let them down, but you also know that everybody there understands what you're going through. And it's a huge, it's a great mentorship place to go, but you know, it makes you say, well, you know, if I survive that, I'm going to go try this. And if I fail at that, I'm going to go try that, you know, until, until you find that winning combination. Where can people connect with you and become a part of your community? Learn more about what you're doing. So my website is 365driven.com. So 365driven. And from there, you'll find links to my best-selling book, the podcast, the social medias. I'm very active on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And I've also got a Facebook community, about 3,000 entrepreneurs. It's free. Look it up. It's called 365 Driven Entrepreneurs. And you know, if you don't spam my group, <laughs> we'll add you basically because that's we, we keep a very tight community. You, you guys heard I'm a community builder. Yeah. So I know what it takes to lead those kind of communities and keep a cultivated interest to keep engagement because it's a support group for entrepreneurs to be willing to ask questions and participate. We've got several people in there that are multi, multi-millionaires and people who are just getting started. And it's an awesome mix because I see some of the most successful people being the most contributing to help other people get there. And that's what we need. So I get rid of all the jerks and assholes and people who spam and people who are passive aggressive. And yeah. same same way I grew my automotive community. I just got rid of people who are basically offensive and rude and you know, tell people like, you should just go use Google to learn that. Like, you know, if you're answering like that, you have a fixed mindset and we don't want you in our group. All right, there you have it, everyone. That wraps up another episode of Monday Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 129. Listen to the full interview that we did with Tony Watley, the Side Hustle Millionaire. Don't forget to check out our community, the Great American Syndicate. Go to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more. Appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. See you next time.